should I should I tell you my deep secret now? Welcome back to the Think Like the Test podcast. I am Ben Caldwell. With me is Carrie Wieda. Hello again. And Carrie, you have some history in Hollywood. It's true, I do. Can you talk a bit about your uh, resume and how you got out of acting and into therapy? Because here in Southern California, it feels like that is surprisingly not an uncommon path. Yeah. I mean, I think it's you're so spot on. Tons of people kind of get out of the entertainment industry and get into therapy land. Um, Personally, I can't speak to everyone's reasons, but uh, yeah, no, I was in the I was a professional actor uh, since I was very little, but in Los Angeles uh, since I was about 24, I believe. Um, so about 15 years, I, I did it professionally, um, did a bunch of TV, a little bit of film, a lot of commercials. And uh, it's it's a wild place. Uh, absolutely. That's a curious thing. Everybody needs therapy. Everybody's also in therapy. So, so riddle me that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so either it's not working at all right? or it would be way worse if it's, not for the therapy that's already happening. I suppose. Yeah, it's it's a wild industry and at a certain point. And also I am a woman. And so, you know, you have an expiration date as an actress in, in Hollywood. And I think as I was approaching that expiration date and also realizing I hated the lifestyle. Um, mm. I, I I was a, never a famous person. No one ever was asking me to be, please be in their projects. I had to hustle for them. And it's a lot of driving around Los Angeles. If you're in a major metro area, you know that that is the worst. So mm-hmm. I uh, honest, I'll be honest, my, my um, evaluation of the field started with what can I, what job can I do in one place every day? Um, (laughs) how can I avoid going to the west side (laughs) exactly from the other side of the 405 and in a comfy chair at the same point same time so that's kind of where it started for me Um, but of course all the other good things I mean the nice thing about doing therapy is that uh, you're working with people which is a lot of what people really like a lot of times in the entertainment industry is you're working with people so um, but that's that's kind of how I ended up over here yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that it's interesting knowing how common that kind of pathway is that a lot of therapists fantasize at least about getting famous, like oh, becoming yeah. the next Brene Brown, being right. on Oprah and right. having this tremendous influence on larger culture. Right. Knowing what you know about the entertainment industry, do you ever want to tell other therapists, no, 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 don't do that? All the time. I mean, I, I would say like, yeah, definitely um, the whole business is is nicer and better to you if you already are famous or celebrity like in another field and then you come then they're they're pursuing you. Um, mm-hmm. And so then it can be a little bit of a uh, it can feel a little delusional, I think, for some folks, because all of a sudden uh, show business is uh, tripping over itself to deify you. Um, so I think that that can be a uh, very heady and I think alluring to folks. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I, I hope that every therapist knows that from the, from the outside, it looks real great, but on the inside, it is, it is not. It's, I mean, it's, some people love it. Some people love it, love it. And maybe you will, maybe you'll love it. 
if you want to be the next Brene Brown, more power to you. Uh, but it's it is not all it's cracked up to be. I will tell you that. On that note, let's get into our practice question for today, which has oh a lot to do with Hollywood. I can't see how this is connected. I'm so, oh, a casting director. Okay. A therapist is concluding short-term treatment with a casting director for a production company that is interested in developing reality television shows about therapists. Because those, of course, are the ones that everybody wants to watch. <laughs> the client asks whether the therapist might be willing to be considered for one of the company's shows that will be casting in a few months. The client would not be involved in the casting decision and would not inform others at the company that he had been in therapy with the therapist. The therapist should. It's a retired question from an earlier version of one of our California law and ethics prep books. A. Politely refuse the offer as the casting decision would be made less than two years after the conclusion of therapy. B. Politely refuse the offer as it would be a prohibited dual relationship. C. Consider the offer and inquire as to what the client's ongoing role in the show would be. Or D. Consider the offer under the condition that the client disclose the therapeutic relationship. Okay, the one piece I feel like is missing here is like, does the therapist even want to do this? And <laughs> Every it, therapist wants to do this. I Carrie. was just going to say, is that the underlying assumption? <laughs> okay, so the underlying assumption is that this is like a, uh, this is an offer that you cannot refuse. Um, that this is very tempting. Okay, so the, that makes a lot of sense. Because it's at I, least a let's say for the sake of argument, it's at least a potentially appealing, appealing thing. offer. I mean, look, the money can be good. Not on reality shows, but it can be good. Depends on what your agent uh, negotiates. Should I should I tell you my deep secret now? Oh my God, were you on a reality show for therapists? Tell I was me not everything. On, I was not on a reality show for therapists, and I I will tell you this only because I have it on good authority that no clips of these exist anywhere online. But back 100 years ago, when I was younger and mildly attractive, I was on... And I was on... Wait, what were those? Those were dating reality shows. Oh, stop! Are you serious? That is... Did you get paid well? You didn't get paid very well, did no, you? No, no. No? Yeah, no, there's no pay. Was it... Did you have a great time? Uh, both like fun experiences. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade them. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, I think the thing that made me appealing to the production company was that I could not have cared less about the actual experience. Like I wasn't trying to get a SAG yeah. card or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was just more about I lived in San Diego at the time and it was a cool excuse to come up to L.A. a couple times. Wow. Well, I'm glad you had fun. I had a blast. That's great. That's really good. I'm I'm curious if you feel because I, I think that a lot of therapists do feel like go, going on reality shows and so some of them have no problem with it, but some of them think it is like absolutely the most unethical thing you could do. And I'm not entirely sure why, uh, but I haven't, again, parsed the ethics of it. Which we're well, kind of about to do. <laughs> when I've heard concerns about it from people, and there are those therapists who are like, "It's you're unethical for even thinking about it. Well, right. 
No, if you're intending to do clinical work with clients who are totally okay with this, who understand what it is, they know that they're going to be on camera, they consent to it. Yeah. And if your intention is to do legitimate, responsible professional work and maybe help destigmatize therapy, like more power to you. Um, yes, we, we need more yes. good, accurate depictions of therapy on camera. So there's nothing inherently unethical about a therapist being on a, a reality show. The concern that a lot of folks have, rightly so, is that you as the clinician don't control the final cut. Right. And so the work that you do can be cut and framed in a whole bunch of different ways. Some of them uh, very, I think, good for you and good for the public, some harmful for yeah. your personal reputation and for the public understanding of what therapy is and does. And it's that lack of control that I think a lot of therapists are are really uneasy about. That makes, yeah, 100%. And I, it's so true. It, it would just, it, it's all out of your hands at that point. Yeah. And especially in reality TV, I feel like a lot of times the, <laughs> the whole goal is to make it look as nuts as possible. Heighten conflict and, and make people look not, not their best selves. Yeah, yes. But in this case... Maybe there's some appeal to it for the therapist. Could so, be. Could be. Okay. Refuse or consider. Refuse or consider. So uh, what I'm thinking, so this is another one of those questions that ends with the therapist should. Um, it's, it's hard because I don't, I don't think an ethical like code would say you should consider the offer. If you don't want to, you shouldn't have to. Um, but now I'm, I'm really not sure that you have to refuse the offer. So let's see, let's see what they say. If you refuse, politely refuse the offer as the casting decision would be made less than two years after the conclusion of therapy. Now we've chatted in a different episode on, with a different question about how this comes up in these questions, the two years after conclusion of therapy, um, mm -hmm. it's an important piece of information. But that's mostly an important piece of information if you're talking about sexual or romantic relationships with clients. Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah. And a lot of clinicians overgeneralize that to think that there is a two-year rule for all dual relationships. And that's, that's just not what it is. The two-year rule applies to sexual or romantic relationships, at least here in California. Other states may uh, apply different rules, uh, different codes of ethics apply different timeframes. But where there is a time frame on a particular kind of relationship between therapist and client after therapy has ended, mm -hmm. that time frame usually has to do with a sexual or romantic relationship. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm going to say A is not the answer. Um, okay. Which also, I think, I, I think because it's not a prohibited dual relationship. Uh, which is answer B, politely refuse the offer as it would be a prohibited dual relationship. Um, so going back to our conversation a few episodes ago, uh, a, a prohibited, prohibited dual relationship um, would be something where about this situation would have to like, you know, harm therapy somehow. Um, the therapist is concluding treatment Um according to this vignette. So we're, it doesn't say that we're done with therapy. So I have to hold that open, you know, that we're maybe still a little bit in therapy. 
Um, the client asks whether the therapist might be willing to be considered for one of the company's shows that will be casting in a few months. Um, the client would not be involved in the casting decision and would not inform others at the company that he'd been in therapy with the therapist. So nothing about that says to me that this would be a prohibited dual relationship. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's B either. So apparently the therapist should consider the offer. <laughs> Everybody I, wants to be famous. I wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> if you should consider the offer. Okay. Uh, then consider the offer and inquire as to what the client's ongoing role on the show would be. I think that that makes sense uh, because they say that the client would not be involved in the casting decision. Um, but he hasn't talked at all about what his uh, engagement with it would be. Um, so that, that makes sense. Um, consider the offer under the condition that the client disclose the therapeutic relationship. Mm, that doesn't sit well with me because I'm pretty sure that any disclosure of the therapeutic relationship, that always should sit entirely in the client's hands. Um, the 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 therapist can't breach uh, confidentiality and do that except in certain circumstances, and I think like making the acceptance of the offer conditional on the client disclosing the relationship. I don't think that makes any sense. Um, it I'm sounds like by by process of elimination here, you're yeah. landing at C. I think I am. Yeah, I think I am. Uh, again, I take umbrage with the you should under the ethics codes uh, consider the offer, I, I, but we'll play along with the test and inquire as to what the client's ongoing role on the show would be. Yeah, I think that that would be a good information to know. And uh, yeah, you, you should you should know. I don't know ethically why you should know. But I think by how confident are you? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an eight. I don't really understand why, but I'm gonna go with an eight. That's good enough. You are correct. C is the correct answer here. Consider the offer and inquire as to what the client's ongoing role in the show would be. This is one where you were quite right in saying at the beginning, no ethics code is going to tell you to consider the offer. And also no ethics code is going to absolutely tell you politely refuse this offer, uh, at least this particular offer. It's all going to be about context. And so knowing that no code is going to mandate either of those, you have to go into the rationale, right? What's the, the thinking that goes along with that? And so for A, less than two years, well, that has to do with sexual relationships. That doesn't fit. So we can knock out A, just like you did. For B, prohibited dual relationship, that's actually not prohibited, uh, because again, that two-year thing goes along with sexual or romantic relationships. This is therapy that is ending. And, you know, after therapy has ended, non-sexual dual relationships are very much a judgment call. And so in this case, you know, maybe it's not a prohibited dual relationship for sure. We could rule out B. And then on D, under the condition that the client disclosed the therapeutic relationship, we never mandate that for clients. We never say, okay, you have to disclose that you are my client. As you were saying, that's always in their hands. 
So just by process of elimination, it's C, but then the rationale for C also is correct, right? Inquire as to what the client's ongoing role in the show would be. That's going to help us determine whether this is an acceptable dual relationship or not. And if their role is going to be one that's really heavily involved, they might want to come back to therapy later, then we're going to give thought to, okay, is, is my involvement here going to uh, ruin a therapeutic relationship? And if so, is it is it worth paying that price? That so C sense. is the correct answer here for sure. Cool. Everybody try to get famous. At least think about it. I mean, listen, listen, I have absolutely no problem with anyone wanting to be famous. You want to be famous, more power to you. Even if you're a therapist, I don't think it's like contraindicated in our profession. That's totally fine. I don't think there's anything inherently evil with being wanting to be famous. Um, But I I just would tell you that the the whole like business of the business is, is not as exciting as it as it seems. Only do it if there's a lot of money involved. And health insurance. So here you are revealing yourself to be a consequentialist. Completely. As we talked about Entirely, previously. yes. <laughs> I think about it in terms of, you know, only do it if you're confident you can have a good, positive impact on the world that is in line with your values. So I'm not sure you and I line up in the same camp no, there. No, 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 not at all. That's okay. <laughs> I'm a mercenary. I'll, I'll take that to my grave. I'm fine. <laughs> If you are interested in more information about how to think like the test and come up with answers like this very quickly and efficiently, please take a look at our online exam prep programs at bencaldwelllabs.com. Until next time, I'm Ben Caldwell, and for Carrie Weta, thank you for joining us.